All right, witches, thank you for tuning into this episode. If you enjoyed it, I'd appreciate any type of rating system that you can give me. Um, if you really loved it, it'd be cool if you shared it on your socials and tagged me in it. And if you want to contribute or collaborate on future episodes, make sure that you're connecting with me on socials. My handle is at that witch from work on Instagram and TikTok. And make sure that you sign up for my free newsletter, the Corporate Coven newsletter. You can sign up on my website, www.thatwitchfromwork.com. On my website, you can always be in the know of my latest readings and how to get in touch with me. What's up, witches? Welcome back to another episode of the Corporate Coven podcast. In this episode, I am continuing on in the series, The Zodiac Signs at Work. We're going to be talking about the zodiac signs, how to identify this energy in the workplace, how to embody this energy in the workplace, and how to honor this energy in the workplace. And today we are talking about arguably one of my favorite zodiac signs, Sagittarius. Why is it one of my favorites? Well, I happen to have my midheaven in the sign of Sagittarius, as well as Mars, which does sometimes give me a little bit of trouble, but ultimately there is a lot of Sagittarian energy in my chart. And I feel like I've had the great fortune of being surrounded by really awesome Sagittarian archetypes, especially in my current role. And so I'm super excited to bring you this episode. I will be dedicating one of these episodes to every single one of the Zodiac signs. I do have a few of the Zodiac sign episodes out already. So if you're eager to hear yours first, let me know in the comments which Zodiac sign you'd like me to honor in the next episode. It's important to note that when I'm talking about a zodiac sign at work, this does not mean that you have to have, like, for example, a Sagittarius sun. It doesn't even mean that you need to have Sagittarius in one of the vocational houses. You could have a really prominent Sagittarian placement, or you could have this mutable fire sign in either the second, sixth, or tenth house. You could have your midheaven in Sag. It really doesn't matter. You could also just be going through a Sagittarian moment. This isn't just about identifying one of your personal placements, one of your big three. This is about being able to recognize the archetype of Sagittarius and how this energy can show up in various ways in the workplace. And of course, like we do, we always kick it off by trying to understand the zodiac sign through evaluating different identifying factors of the zodiac sign. So first, we know that Sagittarius is a mutable sign. This is one of the signs that come in during the season where we are starting to transition. Sagittarius season is the transition point from the fall season to the winter season. Sagittarius is also a fire sign. This is one of the fire elements. And so it's going to have that very inspirational, aspirational quality, this really passionate creativity that comes with the fire signs. Additionally, Sagittarius is ruled by the planet Jupiter, which is going to give a uniqueness into the way that we interpret this. And wherever you have Sagittarius in your chart, because you do have Sagittarius in your chart somewhere, if you want more nuance into how that house operates within your chart, you're going to look for Jupiter in the chart. This is the ruler, or as I like to call it, the boss of Sagittarius. But let's back it up and go a little bit deeper into these qualities of this zodiac sign. So the mutable signs, things that we know about mutable energy, and I talked about this as well in my Virgo at work episode because Virgo is mutable earth. Mutable energy is changeable. It comes after the fixed signs and it helps us unravel and unwind a little bit. 
Mutable energy likes to shift, likes to change. And in Sagittarius, it really likes to explore. It wants the freedom of movement. And so when you have really strong Sagittarian energy, there is this desire to perhaps chase or to move after something. It's not about getting fixed on a certain idea. It's about wanting rather to expand and to open up into what is possible. As a fire sign, this has a young polarity, which is more externally motivated, which is more about going out and reaching out. And if you think naturally about fire, fire naturally rises, heat rises, right? And so this is something that I think is really easy for me to visualize because I live really close to a mountain range. And I live in a state that is very dry. And so every summer we go through our fire season where, unfortunately, pretty regularly, there is a mountain fire that's very visible. And this past summer, there was actually a fire started on a mountain right outside of my bedroom window, which is actually where I sit down to record these episodes. And I won't forget, I was sitting there watching it. And as the fire continued to blaze and burn brighter, it moved because fire wants to consume. Fire wants to take energy in. It takes anything that it can find and burns it to continue the flame, right? And as the smoke rises and as the heat rises, it makes a little pathway through the air that the flame can move through. Fire can actually jump. And this is a really interesting thing to observe. And this is what I saw out my window is I saw the fire jump like 10 feet over and start a new little patch of fire on the mountain. And so this is the natural momentum that we get, especially in this mutable sign, the ability to move, the ability to spread, to jump even. This isn't the same pathway as water, which is yin, which is ruled by the laws of gravity in a more distinct way that will always have a flowing pattern. Fire can just jump over here and jump over there based on what is there for it to consume. If it can sustain the fire, then fire is going there. And so you might even consider the idea that Sagittarian fire, the fire that moves, because of course Aries is the initial spark of the flame. Leo is the fixed fire, the fire that holds still. And then Sagittarius is the fire that moves. It's the fire that jumps. It's the fire that eventually consumes, right? Um, and can burn down an entire forest. And so there is this, again, energy of the quest or the adventure in Sagittarius, the movement to find more, to seek something out. And this is why the freedom of movement and the emphasis on the ability to choose and discover all of the different possibilities that come when you are able to move about. Um, and I'm actually, there a lot of the Sagittarian people that I know at work, and I say Sagittarian people, this does not necessarily indicate their sun sign. A lot of these individuals, I don't actually even know what their natal chart looks like because they're not clients. They're just people that I have worked with. So a lot of the Sagittarian people that I've had the pleasure of being with in the workplace, they have this they have this moment where you can tell that they're starting to formulate a really big idea. This is where the Sagittarian energy is coming in. Sagittarian energy is very creative, but in order to see it, there's this moment where they motion backwards and tilt their head up a little bit. It's like they look up, like following the smoke of the flame, right? And then in their mind, they're visualizing this really big, 
concept or this philosophy, or they're dealing with really like higher mind thinking. It's not the same energy as perhaps what comes after, which is Capricorn, where you put your head down and you begin to write something out. Sagittarius is the idea that comes before the plan. It's the vision statement as opposed to the mission statement. This is opening up to the possibility of what can be. And it is fiery, so it's also very enthusiastic. These are people that can be very excitable. They are thrilled about their vision. And as an extrovert, for me, this can look like me being very animated. That's the way that my extroversion shows up sometimes is that I'm very expressive. I'm high on expression and I get excited in my body and my voice changes and I get these, you know, really big facial expressions, which is why I'm starting to wrinkle already introverted Sagittarian energy may not be this exact same way. So don't always expect Sagittarians to be very theatrical and to put on big shows, although that's definitely something to keep an eye out for with some of the Sagittarian energy. But it can also just be like, um, you know, someone who feels very passionate about what they're doing and they're very motivated, which means that it's going to be a little bit easier for them to maybe drive an idea. There is a persuasive quality that comes with the fire signs, this influencing quality. But this is where the exact expression of this could have some variety and it's going to be more dependent on the natal chart of the individual and some of those other more, like, I want to say expressive placements. Like, I'm thinking specifically the mercurial placement um, of how you communicate your ideas and how you share your words to kind of get others on board. But these are going to be people that feel very excited and very passionate and interested in what they're doing, right? Now, because Sagittarius is ruled by Jupiter, we want to consider things that we know about the planet Jupiter um, to also kind of get an idea of how the Sagittarian energy can show up in the workplace, now, Jupiter is God or a godlike energy. This is Zeus. Okay. And so we think about, um, you know, uh, principles, ethics. We think about having ideals or kind of like morals. Uh, I think of Sagittarius energy actually whenever I see, I'm on LinkedIn quite a bit, you know, and there's a handful of individuals, a handful of influencers that are very prominent in their space that use the language of getting religious about something. We want people to get religious about employee engagement, for, for an example. We want people to get religious about something to do with their product or something to do with whatever it is that they're selling. Because when you become religious about something, it becomes a huge influence in how you make decisions. It becomes your guiding principles. And everything that you do is kind of centered around you know, this belief system. If you get religious about something, it becomes a doctrine in a sense of how you live your life. And so the other thing about this Sagittarian uh, story or this Sagittarian energy and how you can identify it is, yes, it's enthusiastic. Yes, it's motivational, but it's also woven in with this type of inspiration um, and this idea that like, I really, really believe in what I'm doing. And I really want you to believe in what I'm doing as well, which is where this influencing comes in. And it's always about opening up to something. It's always about broadening the worldview. It's about, um, you know, taking something which feels narrow and making it 
bigger than that. And again, this is what's so great. And what I think is interesting is you can sometimes see a lot of this in the physical body. Like I mentioned, the Sagittarian archetypes that I work with, it's in their physical posturing. I can always tell when a Sagittarius moment is about to happen, which for me, well, yes, I do have some strong Sagittarian energy in my chart, in the Myers-Briggs type indicator, I'm actually a J preference. And so what that means is that I like things to be very structured. And with my sensing preference as well, I like things to be pragmatic and practical. I love it when things are broken down into tiny steps and when then those steps are broken down into other little tiny steps. And whenever I'm like close to finishing a project or we're kind of like brainstorming and we're coming up with an idea and I want to start putting in a plan or a structure or a deadline of some way. And then this individual gets that physical posturing where they start to lean back and they look up and I just think, oh no, oh no, we're going to completely redo this because they've had some other really big idea. And it's usually a really good one. Okay. Um, it's usually a really, really good idea. And it is really exciting and it is very aspirational. And I work with people that are really strong in influencing. They have a lot of strengths in that domain. And so they always get me on their side and and we begin to rework the project plan. But a challenge that comes up with Sagittarian energy is not being able to close. Again, with the mutability of Sagittarius, there's this desire to constantly be moving around, but you can't really sit there and get something done. Sagittarian energy is not one for maintenance. It's not one of the executing domains, right? It's more of this, like, I'm really good at continuing to have ideas, but I really have to be able to chase that spark of fire. I have to be able to chase the flame. I have to be able to move where there is something that can continue to feed me and fuel me. And so I'm going to want to move and shift. So something that's really difficult for Sagittarius is actually sitting down and closing, sitting down and tying it up, putting the bow on it, and then sending it out, right? And so this is something just to be aware of. When we're thinking about ways to identify Sagittarian energy, I feel like we've covered that pretty well so far in the episode. When it comes to honoring Sagittarian energy, if you are a people leader, um, even if you're not a people leader, if you just want to be a solid teammate, or if you have this energy within yourself, here are the qualities that you can celebrate. I have really big, good ideas. I am so driven and motivated by learning more. I'm highly creative. Um, I love to get other people excited or motivated about something as well. These are things and strengths that you can celebrate in yourself or in others when you observe this Sagittarius energy um, in the uh, I want to say in the conference room or in the Zoom meeting or whatever it is. But when you're working with someone that is really, really strong in Sagittarius energy, here are some things to look out for. They may not be good at closing projects, and that's because they're getting disengaged because they're not excited about it anymore. And so one way to help re-motivate the Sagittarian energy is to find them something new to learn. Um, teach them something, but put a different spin on it. Or get them, you know, really excited and motivated or bring in some of that idea of principle and morality again of like, you know, this was a really, really good idea and it's going to make the most impact when we close it before the deadline. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, here's something we haven't tried yet. Go in and try this now, right? So re-engaging that fire, um, giving them something new to learn and letting them remember that it's not going to have as big of an impact 
And it's not going to be able to broaden the world the way that they want it to. People won't be able to get religious about it, for example, unless you close, unless you deliver, um, unless you follow through with what you said you were going to follow through with. And so something that I've had a lot of fun doing as I've been talking about the zodiac signs at work is that in the Clifton Strengths Finder, the Gallup organization has identified four domains of leadership that all of the 32, 34 strengths uh, line up under. And the four domains of leadership from my observation line up really cleanly with the four elements. And as a fire sign, we're going to be talking about the uh, influencing domain. And I'm reading this directly from the Gallup organization's website. So when we're talking about what is the influencing domain of Clifton Strengths, and actually I think that this is the first fire sign that I've done in this series. And so um, I think this is the first time I'm speaking to the influencing domain in these episodes. It says, these themes answer the question, how do you influence others? They may help you take charge, speak up, and make sure others are heard. When teams need to sell their ideas inside and outside the organization, they turn to people with influencing themes to convince others. And it's already really easy to see how the Sagittarian energy lends itself so well to the influencing domain. And this is, again, why I think that fire makes the most sense with influencing when we think about wanting to um, get other people involved, to get people really excited about what we're trying to bring to the table or to honor creativity in some way. You really want that fire energy because it is creative. And there's this type of like hype that comes with these signs. And these are really good. I want to say cheerleaders but don't think about like the raw, raw, go team cheerleader. These are just the people that you want on your side when you're trying to convince someone of something else. And um, even the idea of convincing, I can feel some of you like re like repulsed by that language of like, ugh, I don't like to do that. I don't want to do that. Um, you know, I shouldn't have to like force anyone to believe anything. But think about like how important sales is and um, how really it's it is a skill set. And there are legitimate strengths that come into this It's not something that everyone can do or wants to do naturally. But if you do have strong fire placements, and my guess is that if you do have a strong Sagittarian placement, then you are going to have some of your strengths from the Gallup Strengths Finder assessment uh, be in the influencing domain. And of course, like I do in every episode, I picked out one strength in particular in the influencing domain that I felt just made a lot of sense for Sagittarius energy. And as someone with not only some serious prominent fire in my own chart, but I do have strengths in the influencing domain. It's one of my top ones. And so again, I can't help it. I'm biased. This is one of my favorite signs. This is one of my favorite domains of leadership. And some of my own personal favorite strengths do fall under this domain. However, I think that my Aries is a little bit more prominent than my Sag here. And so I picked a strength that I do not personally have in my top five or even my top 10 in the Clifton Strengths Finder assessment, um, but I think is really brilliant. And I love seeing this in other people's charts. I picked drum roll. <laughs> I picked the strength um, and the Clifton Strengths theme of maximizer to go with Sagittarian. And I picked this for a few reasons, but I think one of the most obvious ones is that I needed a fire sign that felt 
less like Aries, less like Leo, and a lot more like Sagittarius, which meant that it had to feel a lot more like Jupiter, right? And so what we found here is Maximizer feels like a very Jupiterian, very fire, um, and still very influencing. And something that I love about this, and again, I'm reading this from the website, you can find all this information for free. I love the Clifton Strengths Finder assessment. This is why I was offering the reading Strengths in the Natal Chart, which I'm going to bring back in a different way. If you're eager for that, make sure that you're signed up on my newsletter so you're the first to know about when I'm bringing this awesome reading back. I have you take the Clifton Strengths Finder assessment, and then I look at your natal chart and we identify where your strengths are coming from. And once we do this, we can start anticipating astrologically when will there be opportunities for these strengths to shine, for these strengths to be refined, and when you can actually move these strengths into the balcony and out of the basement. So uh, Maximizer, reading this from the website from the Gallup organization. People exceptionally talented in the Maximizer theme focus on strengths as a way to stimulate personal and group excellence. They seek to transform something strong into something superb. And I, I love this. I love this. I love this because it's about, um, focusing on ways to stimulate personal and group excellence, right? This is that Sagittarian. This is like, um, you know, I, I personally believe that things can be better. This is why they take a step back and they think about the big picture. It is about improvement. It's about creativity, but it's not improvement in the same way that Virgo might be where it's let's focus in on all the little details and actually let's find all the things that you're doing wrong and then fix those. Sagittarius takes it and says, here's all the things that you're already so good at and I'm so interested in this. And so let's make it even better. Let's make it even brighter. Let's make it even more exciting, right? Um, and I really love that they seek to transform something strong into something superb because that just feels like much like the guiding light, the very Jupiterian optimism, hopeful, faithful, um, all of these things that we think about. And so here are a few more things that I love to um, share about this Maximizer Strength. And if you have Maximizer as one of your top themes, then I'd love to hear from you and you can leave me comments right on Spotify in the question prompt, what did you think about this episode? Here's a line from the website that I love. Transforming something strong into something superb takes just as much effort, but is much more thrilling. And that thrilling, I think, is so key to understanding Sagittarius energy because that's that adventure. That's the quest. Um, it's not the belabored, begrudging energy of, oh, I just I have to fix this because it's wrong. And if I don't do it, no one else will. It's that, oh, I want to do this because I'm so excited about it. And this line too, strengths, whether yours or someone else's, fascinate you fascinate you like a diver after pearls you search them out watching for the telltale signs of a strength a glimpse of untutored excellence rapid learning a skill mastered without recourse to steps all these are clues that a strength may be in play and having found a strength you feel compelled to nurture it refine it and stretch it towards excellent you polish the pearl until it shines and I just love this language because even though, I mean, like, here's the thing, right? Is that the Gallup organization is not writing, um, from an astrological perspective. These are individuals who have spent 
tons of time and resources investigating and, and curating an assessment which helps individuals identify their own strengths in this world. And it's built on the belief system that you will have more fulfillment, you will find more joy, and you'll also find more growth in an accelerated way if you emphasize improving on that which you are already strong in. Strong does not necessarily mean skilled in. Okay, but strengths are that which fill you up, that energize you, that you could spend all day doing and you wouldn't even realize how much time had passed because you're so fascinated, because you're so um, consumed with whatever it is that you're doing. And Sagittarius energy wants that all the time. It's so hungry for that experience of doing something that you are thrilled by, that you are passionate about, that you are completely consumed with. And I love that they're writing it using this language, completely unaware of the relationship to the elements, completely unaware of, well, I don't want to say completely unaware. I'm making a lot of assumptions right now. Um, but you know, they're, they're, these are not astrologers. These are researchers, researchers who are skilled in leadership development. And I just love how there is such a natural correlation between the Clifton Strengths Finder assessment and the domains of leadership, as well as the elements and therefore the zodiac signs. And I really emphasize the signs because I think that the planets, while sometimes I read a strength and I can be like, oh, that does sound like Mars, or this seems a little bit like Saturn. Of course, the planets um, have tasks, but the way in which they do it is the zodiac sign, right? And really, we all have tasks in life. We all have things that we'd like to accomplish, but the way that we're going to individually go about that is dependent on the zodiac sign that's sitting in that house that's being ruled by whichever planet that's in whatever aspect, whatever, um, you know, thing or, you know, um, uh, placement in the chart that you're looking at. And so I love the correlation to the zodiac signs rather than trying to assign them to different planetary bodies or celestial bodies. So one last thing that I'm going to share here that I think is, um, really again, just like this Jupiterian language that they have on their website as they are describing this strength is, um, it says, you tend to avoid those who want to fix you and make you well-rounded. You don't want to spend your life bemoaning what you lack. Rather, you want to capitalize on the gifts with which you are blessed. And it's that idea of, um, again, you don't want to bemoan what you lack. It's about bringing more of something that you already have. And even then just using the language, uh, the gifts with which you are blessed. It just feels so Jupiter. It just feels so, uh, you know, that Jupiterian godlike, which just because it's the uh, ruler of Sagittarian, uh, there's just a cross pollination there, which I think is really gorgeous. Some of the job titles, I guess, like I, I normally do this a little bit earlier in the episode, I think, and I just kind of like skipped on past it because I was so excited about everything else I was talking about. Um, and I try to avoid, like if you ever book a reading with me, I don't say, oh, you have this placement in Sagittarius, which is ruled by Jupiter, and therefore you should be a insert the blank. I never assign job titles to anybody because that's not an appropriate way to use this tool. And it's not, I don't feel like it's very responsible because the world of work is always changing and you don't leave a lot of room by uh, immediately eliminating all the possibilities in someone's life. However, some of the jobs that we might anticipate fall into the industry, which would be supportive to the energy and the archetype of Sagittarius, would be higher education of some way or some kind. 
it would be the idea of like gathering people around you and sharing beliefs and ideas that are really big picture. And so I think about like sitting in a philosophy class or like when I was an undergrad, I took a myth, magic and religion course. Um, that was really interesting to me, but there, there is this idea of like thinking really big picture, um, and trying to like, uh, you know, get someone on board with something and professorship goes hand in hand with Jupiter anyways. And so I do think about like higher education type settings, although that is pretty exclusive. Well, I don't want to say exclusive, but it's more prominent in the ninth house, um, which is why in the natural chart, we see Sagittarius sitting in the ninth house, but they are not mutually exclusive to each other. With Sagittarian, I also think about really big like marketing campaigns, right? Um, I think about the idea of like, how do we influence on like a really big scale? One of the most obvious things we see with really strong Sagittarian placements are pop stars. Um, the people who become really, really big, there's like this inflated, uh, self or identity and they go on massive tours and their songs are translated into all these different languages and they have like, you know, cult followings all across the world. That's very Sagittarian because again, we're thinking about that expansive. We're thinking about that broad. We're thinking about that quest for creativity and kind of getting everyone on board with what you're thinking or um, convincing someone of something of some kind. So there is like a sales aspect. There's an educational aspirational, like a lot of times, I mean, there, we all, we all know the pop artists that are out there just singing absolute trash and, um, like we're not that excited by it, but it's really popular anyways. But then there are other artists who become a massive movement within themselves. And it's because the things that they're singing about make us think a little bit different. It opens up our mind and it gives us a perspective that we didn't have before. And it might even be a perspective of hopefulness or of optimism of some kind. I'm going to look at a few chart examples just to help give us an idea of how the Sagittarian energy might show up. And I am going to be isolating and looking exclusively at prominent figures who have their midheaven in Sagittarius, not for any particular reason, just because this is like a really visible and prominent placement. So I think it's a little bit more public and easier for us to consider. Um, it's also a little bit easier for me to search as opposed to like people who have a Sagittarius stellium or something like that. Um, because again, like I want you to think about the Sagittarian energy as a really broad archetype and not try to get too narrow in, oh, well, if I have a Sagittarius moon, this is what it means for me at work. Because it's not that simple, right? It's really about like identifying and embodying and honoring Sagittarian energy in a really broad way. And so that way it can be a little bit more inclusive and help give you a better understanding of Sagittarius at work as opposed to, um, you know, a specific Sagittarian placement, because that's going to be so dependent on everyone's individual charts. So one of the first celebrities um, that I'm going to look at, and you guys, I think we canceled Ellen. I think that there was a moment in time where everyone decided to cancel Ellen because she turned out to be like really rude um, and uh, like inconsiderate to people on her show. And so I'm so sorry, but I am going to look at her chart because I do think that um, she does a really good job of bringing us into some of this like Sagittarian energy and understanding it um, in, again, that archetypal way. So Ellen DeGeneres was born January 26th, 1958. We do have her birth time, 8.43 a.m. If you want to look at the chart in, oh man, at one point in time I knew how to pronounce this. 
M-E-T-A-I-R-I-E, Louisiana. You can look this up. I'm on astro-charts.com and this is like really easy for you guys to find for free. All of it's free. Um, so she has a Pisces rising, Midheaven and Sagittarius, and then she also has uh, Saturn and Mars in her 10th house. The MC is in the 10th house, ruled by Jupiter, which is in the first degree of Scorpio in her ninth. So Ellen DeGeneres, as, um, as a professional, she is a comedian. She is a television host, actress, writer. I think she is a producer as well. She had her own um, sitcom show. And then she had the Ellen show, which I think is like the, like, most popular and where the majority of people in my generation anyways um know her about she has won tons of awards right here on the website it's saying that she has won 13 emmys 14 people's choice awards and numerous other awards for her work and charitable efforts she was also the voice of dory on finding nemo and who didn't have a moment with finding nemo right that came out i think when i was a sophomore in high school or something like that and so um you know love Love Dory. And this is why we're looking at Ellen's chart. So we think about again, those like that, um, that ability to be very creative and to get people on board with what you're thinking. And this is something that Ellen has done really, really well. In many instances, she was a pioneer in her own right. Um, not only by being a woman, but by being a gay woman and being open about that as well and being very public about her sexuality, but doing it in a way that was very convincing for other people, right? Um, a lot of other, I don't want to say a lot of, because I, I don't have like research around this. I didn't do like a ton of investigation, but I know from um, learning about her and just like, you know, being aware of who she is and paying attention to the news every now and then when she's in it, I know that she's not the only person she wasn't the only person who tried to like be out and it was still i mean think about like i think her stand-up career started in like the 80s um that was still like a, a really like difficult time to be out and open about your sexual preference if you were not heterosexual and so she you know she's one of the people that really was successful in what she was trying to do and really became like a movement um she was very charismatic and very like gregarious and a lot of people got really excited about what she was saying there was a lot of energy and then she dedicated a lot of her time to uh, you know, I only wa I would watch the Ellen show like every now and then, but there was always something like really exciting about it. Like she was known for her dancing. There was like definitely like that strong comedy because that's a easy way to bridge connections between people and to get, you know, folks kind of like it, it helps disarm people in a way. Like if you can be comedic, then it can be very disarming and people will like you a little bit more um, or at least be more open to hearing what you have to say. And so she used comedy as a way to like bridge those worlds, but there was always something kind of like exciting or motivational. You know, there was a big like giving back element where she was, uh, you know, giving things away or highlighting people that she thought was like really special. And that's going back to that maximizer strength, right? Like um, having found a strength, you feel compelled to nurture it, to stretch it towards excellence and really being able to identify uh, you know, what like the public wanted and being able to give them that, which is that influencing, but then also maybe finding things that are a bit more niche and then really like developing that and making it something great. So I think that Ellen is a good example of that. It is notable that, um, she does have Saturn in her 10th house, really close to the MC as well as Mars. And so there is some difficulty in career. 
especially as it aligns to the Saturn cycle. Likely didn't find a lot of great success until after her Saturn cycle. She had to go through her first Saturn return before she was given a lot of opportunity professionally um, and then really wanted to find some like refinement. Sagittarius, again, is about like movement and you can tell that she did a lot of different types of things, but because the ruler of uh, Sagittarius is Jupiter and she has Jupiter in Scorpio, which is a fixed sign. Uh, there was actually a staying power. It kind of stayed relatively within the same industry. She was able to find some longevity in what she was doing, even though she was able to have like her variety really came with like the guests that she was speaking to. Um, you know, she did a little bit of voice acting. She did a little bit of comedy. She did a little bit of the talk show. Um, and so even though there was variety and she was always able to chase after that, what she was excited about or passionate about, um, and, and kind of was like that pioneering adventurous quest type way, there was still was that like ability to fixate and to do something for a long period of time, um, and to have like some longevity in her career in that sense with Mars there, there is of course some challenge that comes in her career and that could be by, facing people telling her no or that she can't do something or that she won't be successful it could also be some of the backlash that she received when the south node was going through her 10th house which is i believe around the time that we canceled her i think is she still canceled irrelevant i don't really consume her stuff anyways besides finding nemo because hi i'm a mom the last chart that i'm going to look at as a sagittarian archetype in the workplace, because that's the thing is like I'm talking about in the workplace, there's a lot of other ways that Sagittarian energy can show up, right? But I'm, I like to think about like, what does this look like at work? Who are people that we might think about in the work setting? And I, I there's a lot of options, right? But I chose to look at the chart of um, Robert Redford, born in Santa Monica, California, August 18th, 1936 at 8.02 p.m. Again, for those that are following along or looking up their charts. Um, and I think I picked this just because I live in Utah and I love Sundance and the Sundance Film Festival, but it's also this really cool example again of the idea of Sagittarian. It's really like big picture. What's like the broader scope and it's mutable. And so there's a lot of variety in Robert Redford's uh, career. There's a lot of changeability and he has the signature where he has his midheaven in Sagittarius at like the very late degree in Sagittarius, um, 29th. And he, the ruler of his midheaven, um, Jupiter is also in Sagittarius in the chart at 14 degrees. And so I thought this was a good example. It's in the ninth house. And so for him, this is going to be more like exploration and the idea of like doing something new or kind of like it's emphasizing that discovery type quality and nature of Sagittarius. And so he is Robert Redford, um, was an actor, a film director. He was a producer, a businessman, environmentalist, philanthropist, right? Philanthropist with Sagittarius and that Jupiterian. And he was the founder of the Sundance Film Festival. So he, again, was like really successful. He received two Academy Awards. Um, he received a Lifetime Achievement Award, the French Knighthood in the Legion d'Honneur. <laughs> I'm not French. I'm sorry, everyone. Uh, Time Magazine included him in one of their like most influential people declaring him the godfather of indie film and so this is just again this idea like people who have really big ideas the the big picture like what's the broader scope of things um how do we get people really behind this movement how do we get people really excited about what we're doing and again having that like variety i mean 
you can tell that Ellen, although there was variety because Jupiter, the ruler, was in a fixed sign, it was all relatively within the same industry and kind of like, you know, the same style or flavor. Um, but where Robert Redford's ruler is also in uh, Sagittarius, then there is more of this quality of... Um, Sorry, I just got distracted because this is not a whole sign house ascendant in Pisces. And so this is actually all in his 10th house um, in a whole sign house system, not in the ninth. Uh, but just, again, like really big success, being able to make it on like a really, really big stage. Um, and there's a lot more like variety in what he's doing. Sundance is also a ski resort. And so um, just the idea of doing like a bunch of different kinds of things all throughout the entire career, because that's the Sagittarian energy. I want to do this. I want to do that. Um, I want to try a little bit of this and that. And what could this look like? And what else could we be doing? Um, which is just really fun and exciting. And I think that that maximizer is likely there. Like here's like a little bit of something like, how do we make it bigger? How do we make it better? And um, ultimately created something which has a big legacy and really became like a movement for an entire industry. And that's going to do it for the Sagittarius at Work episode. Again, I plan on doing the entire Zodiac. You can go check out my previously published podcast to see which signs I've already highlighted. And if the sign that you're really eager for has not already been published, then let me know um, on this episode what Zodiac sign you would like to see next. You can also get my attention by leaving me comments on my Instagram and on my TikTok videos. My handle is thatwitchfromwork. I'd love it if you would visit my website, www.thatwitchfromwork.com, sign up for my free newsletter and check out my current offerings. Um, if you're curious about the strengths in the natal chart at the time that this is being published, it's not currently available. Like I mentioned, I'm making some refinements to the offering. Um, but if you were really eager for it, feel free to reach out into my direct messages um, or just stay connected with my business so you know when that is coming back up on my website. And as always, if you enjoyed this episode, I'd love it if you wanted to give me a five-star rating, share this with your friends, family, or the Sagittarius in your life, and turn on your notifications so you never miss an episode. <laughs>